Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is based on the true story of talking animals, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he will always give you a courtesy honk. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Each week, we'll chat, <laughs> each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, howdy, Andrew. How are you? Hi, buddy. <laughs> it's good to see you again this week. Uh, yeah, we, you too. We are continuing to prep the, the return of Sif Pop to live video streaming. Uh, and excited to do so. Uh, in fact, we posted some of the streaming for our members uh, at patreon.com slash uh from last week. And I think we'll post this whole video show, the whole video recording with all the the different things we're trying out uh, in this test run. Uh, we'll post that for members at Patreon so you can see it. But uh, it's going to be coming soon to everybody. So uh, we're excited to do that and turn this audio podcast into an audio podcast with a video component. <laughs> We're getting there. Yes. That's We're right. moving in the right direction. <laughs> correct. People. Correct. Uh, yeah, no, we've got a good show that we're excited to get to. We've got a couple movies. Uh, we're going to talk Unhinged and the one and only Ivan. Uh, one of those dropped on Disney+. Plus. The other dropped in a place called Movie Theaters. It's this new thing uh, that, mm. that uh, studios are trying out where they have like big screens and big sound and you like pay a ticket and you go sit and watch a movie. Um, it's very Sounds interesting. Like too many concept. steps. Yeah, it's like an interesting it. concept, but uh, but they're giving yeah. it a try. Uh, so so that's out in theaters, and we're going to chat about those uh, as well as, of course, our buried treasure. We've got a BEC about non-human primate movies. Uh, had to make that non-human clarification, considering humans technically primates. Who knew? Yeah. Except the it would entire just technically be community. our top. Top five movies of all time. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's a. Uh, I think that's a fair point. Uh, except for, mm. I'm trying to think of a movie without any primates whatsoever. It's gonna. It's gonna take me a second. It probably have to be a uh, some sort of animated film that ha- like Kung Fu Panda. Does Kung Fu? No, wait. Mm. Of course, no. There's of course there's monkeys in Kung Fu Panda. Uh, uh, I'm gonna tell you right up front. I know we're nowhere near the best ever challenge yet. But for what I did is the primate had to be a main focus in the movie, not just like, oh, there's a there's a primate in it. Yeah, I... be the main focus. I, I tried to do the same thing. You can be the judge as to whether or not I succeeded uh, because... It's your list, man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to just be like, hey, there's a monkey in the background. Guess we're counting this one. Um, yeah. But, but anyways, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, before we do, uh, Andrew, I wanted to check in with you. I actually had a screener Mm -hmm. for unhinged, so I have not been back to the theater yet. Uh, I know you went back and unfortunately there is, I, I, I I hate this, but even if you like tiptoe into this conversation, all of a sudden it becomes political somehow. I don't know. But, uh, but I did want to kind of get, get a gauge on your experience, how you felt like going back to the theater was for you, like, 
How are you feeling about it? Oh, man, I loved it. Oh, I loved every second of it. It felt right. Uh, uh, the theater I went to, um, they uh, make sure you have a mask before you walk in. You have to sanitize your hands before you walk in, and they check your temperature with the little Good. Uh, temple thermostat mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're not uh, taking any chances. But uh, once you get in there, there were two seats in between each group. So not each person, but like say if you like you came with your three kids, you and your three kids would sit together, and then there would be two seats in between you and the next party. Right. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, the particular theater I went to, Alamo, they serve food. You have to order your food before you get to the theater, so your food is waiting there for you because they don't want you know waiters and stuff going back and forth. Right. Uh, yeah, during totally. the movie. So, but uh. Other than that and wearing the mask, it didn't feel that different. It felt kind of right, like a little bit of normality or normalcy, however you want to put it. It just it felt like, oh, yeah, this is how I'm supposed to experience movies, you know, so it, it felt it felt good. It felt right. So, yeah. And we would um, obviously never tell you how to make your decisions are, you know, for our concern for you, as you decide when to go back to theaters, when it's safe for you, uh, would be to continue to be safe. Check what your theater is doing. Like Andrew said, to keep people safe. Also check how your area is doing as far as, you know, how hard is it spiking? How is the outbreak, you know, where you're at? Um, you know, we all live in different places of the country. And so, you know, it can be very, very different one place to another, but I'm heading back. I'm heading back, uh, probably next week for new mutants. And then for tenant after that, and, uh, barring a huge spike in this area (laughs) where I feel like I'm putting people in danger, uh, by going out and barring a theater that, that doesn't seem to be enforcing its rules, which is a possibility. And if I see that, I'll have to make a decision about that. Barring those things, uh, you know, I'm confident in heading back the next couple weeks. So, We'll see how it goes, yeah. but um, but yeah, yeah. I, I hesitate to be like, I'm an essential worker. I've got to do my job for the people who want to know. It's like, you know, there's part of me that does feel that pressure a little bit, but I know the people who listen to this podcast who love what we do would also encourage us to be safe and to do, you know, what we need to do for the best of our family. So I appreciate that. I, I feel that as well. Yeah. So and I don't, I don't feel don't any want, pressure. Yeah, I don't want, yeah, what I came across to saying that I felt obligated to go to the movies and I didn't want to go, but I felt like I had to for the show. I wanted to go. It was yeah. my choice. It wasn't like uh, you or Phil or even the pressure of the audience was like, go back to the movies and tell me what you think. I didn't feel that. Right. I wanted to go. It was, right. yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it, my friend. Uh, let's kick it off with a review of Unhinged. You know what a courtesy tap is, young man? Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. I'm sure that's what your mom meant to do. No, it's not. Mom! Having a kind of a hard time lately. I'm sorry. Accept my apology? Just ignore him. Well, if you could just do the same, we could press reset. I don't have anything to apologize for. A mother leans on her horn at the wrong time to the wrong guy. Road Rage doesn't begin to explain what he's about to do to her and everyone she knows. Uh, That is two sentences, and that covers the movie. (laughs) So this is Russell Crowe. This is 
Um, a straightforward, I would say, chase thriller um, would be if you wanted to put it in a specific genre. What did you think, yeah. Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I didn't like it. You didn't like it at all, huh? Uh, I mean, there's parts of it that are like, I can go, yeah, that's good. But for the 90% of this movie, I'm like, what, what what am I watching here? Okay, well, cool. Well, I will play uh, I will play Mr. Positive on this one then with a resounding vote of it was just okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe even maybe even slightly towards the high side of just okay. There were moments I was watching this where I felt like this is exciting. This is fun. I'm having a good time. There, there are these, there are these moments about the chase. And I think a lot of it is, is how captivating Russell Crowe is in this part. Oh yeah. Um, He's supremely captivating. And I was just like, I'm along for the ride on this, but that was just parts because, (laughs) because there are, uh, there aren't very many, um, there's not much to this. And it needed no. it needed more to it. You know, sometimes there's not much to a movie, and it does everything so well that it's okay. It still like grabs you for the whole time. But with a movie like this, if you even have five ten minutes where you're not locked in and on the edge of your seat, you're lost because there's nothing else to grab onto. And there were those moments where I didn't feel locked in and on the edge of my seat. Uh, so yeah. it yeah. So I I had a good enough time during those other moments to say yeah, it was okay. Like there's there's something interesting going on here with this performance and and that kind of thing, but it's just it doesn't have what it takes to to really feel like uh, like I felt like the first time I watched Taken or something like that, which kind of has a similar feel of here's the inciting event and now we're off and we're going for the whole movie. And Taken is one of those movies that felt like it it had me you know for the whole time on the edge of my seat wondering oh, what's going yeah. on, and so it didn't have to have a lot else going on for it. And this movie just lets up a little bit too much, I think. So, what about you? What are some of your thoughts? Uh, I'm I'm just going to echo everything you said about Russell Crowe. He is the the driving force in this movie. Sorry about that, but uh, <laughs> I think that if he's not in this movie and he's not given the incredible incredible performance he's giving, this is a made for TV movie. Mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, I'm watching it and I'm seeing Russell Crowe give everything he has for this role and good for you, man. You did a great job, but I just kept feeling like, Russell, this is this movie is beneath you, you know, like you're better than this type of movie. And I was like, are you doing this as a favor for somebody or like, did you lose a bet or you just need money? Because like this just doesn't feel like a movie you go... Russell Russell Crowe is a a a list actor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I see him in this, I'm like, uh, I mean, I get, yeah, you're doing a great job, but like, you deserve better. And we've seen, I can't see the guy from A Beautiful Mind and a Gladiator, and you know, even the nice guys, you know, in every movie in between, where I just kind of wow. He is doing a great job in this movie, and it's captivating, and it's thrilling, and it's intriguing and smart. This is just a—it's just a—it's just a simple movie, but he does a good job in said simple movie. Uh, I, I don't know if you agree. Like, if he's not in this movie and not given the performance, this is a dud. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. There were some things that that didn't completely—excuse uh, the pun—hinge on Russell Crowe, and that would be. Uh, those moments where I felt like the movie decided to 
handle things authentically. Like this movie does doesn't take some of the weird shortcuts that movies do, where they're like the convenience of you know i guess the police aren't here on time like shouldn't the police already be there like you know this movie yeah. like has has some authenticity things where it's like yeah the as soon as something goes down the police know about it they're after him you know you know what i mean so there's there's this element of it felt a little more real than some movies like this do but again it's not anything necessarily to to save the film uh, what about mm. some of the negatives andrew what, what is something you would bring up as the main negative in the movie this movie spends so much time on trying to develop the characters before the movie actually gets going, but at the same time, it says so little. Like, it tries to give you uh, an idea of the reasons why Russell Crowe is doing what he's doing, or the reasons why this mother and her son are having the day they're having, but it's it's stretched out for so long that I kept thinking, you could have summed up everything you just shown me over the last half hour in 10 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it was dragging. Uh, once the movie got going, like once the, the chase, you know, ensued and stuff, that's when the movie actually picks up. But there's, there's not only in the beginning, there's a lulls in this movie where I'm like, okay, you just need to kind of pick it up. And, uh, yeah. I know this movie's kind of going for a believability vibe. This is another issue I have. There that this this could happen to you. This I think even the tagline for this movie is "He could happen to anyone." Mm -hmm. uh, it just it just seems so unrealistic. Y yes, it's based in a real world of things that could possibly happen, but it just seems so extreme that it's just like ah. Uh, I, yeah, I can't you know, buy into this. I don't know. You know what's interesting about that is that, that, yes, it seems very unlikely, but it doesn't seem impossible, especially if, no, you, yeah. if you run into somebody who has become unhinged, who has completely lost any regard for morality, any regard for human life, any, you know, like is in a place where they have snapped. Um, and, and we know that does happen it's very rare but we know that the people do get to that place so while i agree with what you're saying that it just seems like this would never happen um but it's possible you know what i mean like it is yeah. it's possible somebody would be so snapped that just the smallest thing and be like they're just gonna hunt you down and kill everyone you love you know like that's that's awful to say uh but uh but it's certainly seems it, it certainly seems to be within the realm of you know, it's it's not like somebody it's not like a superpower, you know, like nobody's flying or, you know, passing no. through walls or anything like that. Or even, you know, Fast and Furious movies where it's not even that, you know, um, it's not technically a superpower, but people are jumping down 10 stories and surviving and, you know, that kind of stuff. It, it does feel like it's more grounded in an actual world that has a a a rare but possible thing happening to them. So. So, yeah, mm -hmm. although I do hear what you're saying, it can take it out, uh, take you out of it a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Uh, what it's do you just think the of things that? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. No. <laughs> it, it just. <laughs> uh, there's a, okay. For those of you who don't know, there's like a half second lag between Aaron and I, so sometimes we accidentally talk over each other. Uh, what I was gonna say is, uh, yes, I, I I agree that this is based in you know a real world and this could technically happen, but then there's things in the movie where I'm like. How would Russell Crowe know to do this or how would he, you know, possibly foresee this, you know, stuff like that? Uh, it's not a continuity issue. I don't think there's really 
I can't think of really any continuity issues in this movie, but there's just uh, a stretch, a stretching reality and realism for the sake of the movie, I guess. Sure. To keep you, to try and keep you entertained, but it kind of backfires because you go, yeah, I'm still entertained, but it's just so silly in times that you're just like, okay, yeah. Uh, if, if you're trying to scare me into thinking this could really happen, you got to give me some better real world examples sure. or situations. It, that may be what we're talking about right now. Maybe the key difference as to why I go, it's, it's okay. And you didn't like it is I, I guess I bought into it just a little bit more than you did. Um, and mm. doesn't like not a ton more, but to a place where, you know, I was willing to go with that stuff and it felt a little more real to me possibly than it did for you. Um, well, how did you feel about Karen Pistorius? I've never really seen her in, in much else, so... Uh, what was the thing she did? Uh, she was in Mortal Engines, I think, and she oh, was okay. in... She was in this other movie. I'm having a trouble remembering. Uh, I think she did fine. I think she did really good. Uh, there, I hate to say that there's a cliche for a, uh, female actresses when they're first starting out that they do a really good job in horror thrillers, you know, as the victim mm -hmm. or the chasey. Yeah. And uh, no, I think she did a really good job, you know? Yeah, I thought she was fine. In fact, I thought the performances all around were just fine. Uh, you know, n nobody's standing out except for Russell Crowe, who we already mentioned. Nobody's standing out in a way where yeah. I would necessarily, um, you know, praise them to an extreme level. But I think everybody's completely adequate and doing great work. Uh, I would also bring yeah. up Jimmy Simpson, who I always love when he shows up for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, he was a... He's a I guess you could say a plot point as opposed to a character. Yes. You know, Ag or? agree. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 I, I, but no, I, he does fine for what he's asked to do in this movie. It was actually maybe my favorite scene in the movie. I'm trying to think of another scene I liked. It's a pretty uncomfortable scene. It is. <laughs> it's rough. It's very rough, but I yeah. think it's very affecting. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. it's one of those moments, at least for me, where the movie did have me on the edge of my seat and did have me like, you know, what's going to happen here kind of thing. Um, which, again, didn't necessarily happen for the entire time. Uh, but I did like that scene. Mm. Uh, anything else you want to mention about Unhinged? <sighs> not that I can really think of. Uh, it's it's a movie you know what you're getting into when you go. Yeah. There's not going to be really any surprises like, oh, I didn't see that one coming or anything like that. Well, maybe a couple scenes. But like, as far as like aliens aren't going to pop out of the sky and you're going to be like, what? <laughs> I did not see that coming. We must have watched a different no, no, movie. I the aliens oh, were really? my you favorite part of Unhinged. I I loved the alien invasion part. I mm -hmm. thought that just made the movie. My personal favorite part is when at the end of the movie Russell Crowe said, "Congrats, you're on punk," and then he took them all to a hibachi grill. <laughs> yes, that was my favorite part. No, that was good. That was good. I like but, when they but make that part the volcano doesn't work. The that part doesn't work if earlier <laughs> the, the aliens. aliens don't show up and and actually say that they are the inventors of hibachi grills. Like none of that makes sense without the that's aliens. That's your clue, man. That's how. <laughs> that's whenever Pastorius should have known that they were in a they were in an episode of Punked. There is uh there is nothing here that is going to require a uh, a sif spoil 
on this one. I, there's there's nothing. I mean, mm, no. and and maybe that's a spoiler in of itself. But uh, like Andrew said, there's there's nothing here that's going to surprise you. You probably know exactly how this movie is going to go, and whether or not yeah. it, it works for you or not is going to depend on the level of buy-in that you had. I had a little more buy-in than Andrew, not a ton. Mm. Um, and if you have a little more than me, maybe you'll have a good time. Um, but uh, I, if it were me. And you are debating going back to theaters. I wouldn't make this your f- first movie back to theaters. No. If you're if you're yeah. debating, go ahead and wait for for something that makes that choice a little bit uh, more yeah. intense. I do want to I do want to clarify. There is a difference between surprise and shock. True. This movie has shock in it. True. Just to make sure and good shock too. Like yeah. ooh ooh yeah. Uh, that's that's a, <laughs> that is uh, unsettling. Uh, in an entertaining way, if that's not psychotic to say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't but, uh, think it is. I think you're fine. Yeah, I mean, I didn't regret. I didn't regret seeing this movie in theaters. I didn't regret no. being like, oh, that's the movie I went back to go see. I think that if anything, it elevated my ex- experience with the movie. Sure. Because if yeah. I would have, if I would have been sitting on the couch watching watching this movie, I would have stopped it like four or five times to go, you know, do something else and then come back to it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, but uh, that was because my screener was, uh, I had a time limit on it, so I just went ahead mm. and, and took care of it all. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I could, I don't know that I could say it's a recommend, but it's also not a stay away. It's kind of one of those things where if if a, a chase thriller sounds interesting to you, if seeing Russell Crowe do this interesting performance is worth it for you, yeah, check it out. Um, but mm. otherwise, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot there. Um, yeah. to get out of it. There is a target market for these kind yeah, of movies. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's yeah. move on to our second review for the week. We're going to talk about the one and only Ivan. Let's give him a great show, okay? The one and only Ivan! Why do they want an angry gorilla anyway? You're a silverback. He terrifies humans. Oh. <laughs> You're not terrifying. Who's that? My sister. Where's your sister now? I don't remember. Memories never leave us. They just get out of reach. The one and only Ivan. A gorilla named Ivan tries to piece together his past with the help of an elephant named Stella. They hatch a plan to escape from captivity. Uh, this is available on Disney Plus, released this last weekend. Uh, stars uh, Brian Cranston uh, and uh, many other people. Uh, Angelina Jolie, Sam Rockwell, both doing voices. Uh, Brooklyn Prince, Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito. Helen Mirren. Uh, lots of big names there uh, coming together. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Uh, I will go with low side, maybe kind of low side. I liked it. Uh, definitely above okay though i would say low side of liked it uh once again we're close but i like it a little bit more than you i think i'm s- strongly mm. in the liked it category um i wouldn't classify it as high side but i definitely came away going i like that movie i like that movie yeah. and uh you know that's saying something because honestly i don't think this is a movie targeted towards me and so the fact that i came away from it liking it feels like a success for the movie even you know, more than usual, because this feels very much like a, now people might say this is a kind of movie that they would think was targeted towards me because it's, you know, it's very family and those kind of things. But I think this is almost more of a kid's movie really than an adult movie. 
Um, it yeah. feels to me like kind of one of those old school kids movies where it's definitely targeted towards the children. I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that I, you don't see that. You know, Pixar has kind of changed that mentality to where they make movies that the whole family not only can stand, but actually feel like it's a movie for them. Um, you know, my kids are older now, but even if they were younger and we watched this together, I would definitely feel like this was a movie made for them, not necessarily for me. Mm. Um, and as to that, I think it succeeds pretty well. Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, there was a good portion of the movie where I was going, okay, who is this for? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's in my head that I go, Disney, not not Pixar, but also Disney has this ability to make movies that are for kids, but also just as entertaining and fascinating for adults. And I was watching this going, is this one of those movies? Because I'm not feeling like this one's for everybody. This one might be a little slow slash silly for adults who aren't watching it just to see talking animals, you know, because, uh, I didn't really go, uh, come away from this one going, Ooh, yeah, that one is, uh, that's for an all ages right there. I don't, parents are going to watch this with their kids and the kids are going to have a good time. The parents are going to have a couple of hours where they're, Kids are quiet watching TV. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe even more than that, you're going to have an okay time. My, you know, I watch this with my wife, and, you know, we both laughed several times in this movie. I think this movie has a decent sense of humor and kind of understands where the humor comes from. Um, and it's not just, uh, you know, lowest common denominator, like junior high humor. There is some no. lower common denominator, like, pratfall type stuff and and that stuff that's in it but the humor is you know there there's this great moment uh where they are uh escaping and have to get to the other side of the road and the way they played that moment out was really really funny like and it's it wouldn't have seemed like a moment where you could have uh it would have seemed like something you'd seen a million times before but somehow it felt like a fresh way to approach that situation and uh and the movie has several moments like that so i think that's what pulled me along was that the movie uh the tone really worked i really think the tone in this movie is consistent and really works all the way through it, it never mm-hmm. nothing ever feels out of place or you know weird or in a different should be in a different movie yeah um is it shocking at this point to say that disney might have the best cgi team in all of hollywood well i did wonder uh i did wonder with some of this stuff if it's like hey we've got these amazing cg models for us for a baby elephant that we put together for dumbo uh, is there anywhere else we could use this <laughs> or for the lion king <laughs> right you know? yeah yeah it's like it's like we've put we've done the work we've got you know all these different uh, animals already made uh might as well use them again but no you're absolutely yeah. right the cg is it's actually kind of mind-blowing in this as it has been in their last uh, few CG animal movies. Yeah. It, 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 it's not surprising, but it's still impressive every single time. Mm-hmm. I think Lion King was like the uh, the 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 bar, you know, that, that mm-hmm. was set by... The movie's not good, but like the CGI is better than probably any movie I've ever seen in my life, you know? Yeah. It's, it's shocking how good that it's is. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I want to take away from <clears throat> mention about this movie that I actually really enjoyed is I wasn't distracted 
by the cast. I wasn't going, oh, that's Sam Rockwell or, oh, that's Angelina Jolie. You know, I think they all did a really good job of, you know, uh, you know, bringing those characters to life and making them their own. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, um, for a while there, I didn't even realize that that was Angelina Jolie. Yeah. You know, uh, I was like, oh, wait, I think that might be her. Yeah. Um, Sam Rockwell just has one of those voices where you just kind of pick it up, but he did a good enough job, you know, becoming Ivan that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a this is a character. Or Danny DeVito, he's another one who just has one of those voices, you know, we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's Danny DeVito. But he became Bob, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Bob, uh, which, again, uh, I speak of the humor. A lot of that does come from that character, uh, and mm-hmm. and I really did appreciate that. Uh, I also It looked think, a lot like Roland, so I loved him. Oh, that's sweet. I, I loved uh, Brian Cranston, too. Uh, I think he's supremely talented. Um, he is playing yeah. this character exactly as this movie demands it be played, which is just a little bit over the top, a little bit, you know... Um, yeah, because he's a to showman. The, yeah, he's supposed to be playing yeah, to the exactly. audience, um, and I think I think it works really, really well. Um, yeah, no, there's there is a lot to like here, and it, it is one of those things where you are watching it and having a good time. And it was only really afterward I started to think about uh, some of the the things that I didn't like, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that. Um, this says based on a true story. Yep. I knew it. I knew that was going to be the thing because it was mine too. I'm like, really? I mean, it really? is. I mean, it is vaguely based on a true story, but I just don't think you put that credit up there in a movie like this. I, I don't think even though you can show com- the cool, you know, real life footage at the end, but sure. Sure. You don't, yeah. you don't have to deny that it comes from a, a you know, a real, um, you know, uh, ape that I think Tacoma, Washington was at a mall and that people protested and eventually went to a zoo in Atlanta. Um, that's a real thing, but that is the, the smallest of strings that ties this to a true story. I mean, I made a little light of it at the beginning, but you cannot have a movie where you go based on a true story in the very first scene is a gorilla narrating to the camera. Like it's just at that point you, you have not, and, and again, as adults, I think we all know when it says based on a true story, it just means we're going to do whatever we want, but the, you know that this comes from something that happened in the real world. But you know, it's just a weird thing, I think, for a kids' movie, especially for the kids to see, like, hey, this is a true story. Look at all the talking animals, and it's like, you know, I don't know. And not only that, but then some of the other things, like the points that it's making about um, animals in captivity ring a little hollow to me because it's it's using such a a false uh foundation um you know it is it is literally putting words in these animals mouths and i'm not saying at all that animals don't know the difference between captivity and freedom i'm not saying that at all i'm saying it would feel more important to me and more real to me if the animals felt more real to me because then then it, it feels like uh, a more truthful and genuine way to get there. Um, yeah, you feel more a sense of responsibility as a human yeah. being for what's happening. Yeah, the world would be oh, great. I totally get that. The world would be great if animals could talk to us and tell us, you know, what they think yeah. and how they feel. And and uh, and I know that there. We would do be need many... to clarify that this is a movie where the animals only talk to each other. They don't actually speak fair. to the humans. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's a fair clarification. Uh, although there is such a direct connection between 
uh, Ivan and this little girl, Julia, uh, yeah. Julia, that somehow she knows that those red scribblings were supposed to, you know, be a beetle or whatever. And it's just like, okay, I guess, but I, I don't know. This movie stretched things so far that I felt like it lost its ability to really communicate what it wanted to communicate. Um, yeah. And I started thinking about that afterwards. Cause like I said, during, I, I really enjoyed it. I really had a good time. Yeah. No, uh, I'm just going to echo a couple of things that you said that were my main negatives is that the movie is so focused on the fantastical that it doesn't really have much to say because it's so much about these animals talking. They tell you what they want, but I hate to say this because it's going to come across as as uh, heartless for a good portion of this movie, these animals are just happy. And then it was just like the flip of a switch. <laughs> There's like a flip of the switch. Like, Oh yeah, we need to get out of here. You know, yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, but you weren't miserable. Yeah. You, you like this Great Brian point. Cranston character a lot. He's, he loves you. He cares for you. He talks to you. Um, it's, it's just out of no. It's not out of nowhere. There's a, a, a there's a plot element. You know, like a turning point where they're like, you deserve to be free and stuff like that. But if the movie would have been more focused on like I don't want to say like more realistic, harsh living conditions and stuff like that, but it just didn't seem like the movie like if if the stake the stakes weren't high enough to where if they failed. They were going to be sent to a horrible place. You know, they were still going to be cared for and loved. They just wouldn't be free. I know that sounds awful the way I'm putting it, but I'm just trying to explain how the movie made me feel. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. It's a very great point to make, and I think is an even deeper way to understand what I was trying to say, which is yeah. you're right. For the, for the first portion of this movie, everything's hunky-dory. And it's not yeah. like their living environment changes in this movie. It is still, you know, Ivan in, you know, a small concrete room with some tire swings and, you know, some different things. Um, yeah. But he's great. And the the seal who's, you know, confined to a, you know, medium-sized swimming pool, you know, uh, that would seem to be awful. But he's fine. He's great, you know, until until yeah. until they're not. Until they're not. And it's like, well, it, and nothing changed and nothing changed. Yeah. I think that's, that's very valid because there is some way where if the point of this movie is, uh, animals in captivity is a bad thing. It's, it's hard on these animals. Then I think you have to show that from the beginning, but that's not the movie they wanted yeah. to make. They want it to be, feel fun. And they wanted a movie about the love between this trainer and this gorilla and him realizing that the gorilla needed to be free. Um, and that's just a harder movie to make because you can't remain consistent in that way. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great point. Um, so yeah, so overall had a, had a good time with it. I liked the movie. Uh, I just feel like it, uh, when you start thinking about what it's trying to say and what it's trying to do, I I think it has some, some issues with its own consistency and its own ability to portray that in this kind of movie. I 100% agree. The movie does not live up to the message she's trying to deliver. And that is even, I think, even more um, problem problematic is such a loaded word, is is more of a problem when you're dealing with putting on based on a true story at the beginning. I think that, that yes. amps up that issue because you want to say, hey, this actually happened. 
And, and there's many other parts. Like, I, I researched, you know, the real story about this gorilla who went to the Atlanta Zoo. Well, you know, in this movie, it, I, I don't know. I guess this is a, a big spoiler because it is the end of the movie. But let's just say it doesn't look like this, this gorilla goes to a zoo. You know, it, it. No, yeah, it looks like he's at a sanctuary so, or something like that. So, yeah. So, I think the movie really tries to uh, amp some things up. And I get that movies do that. I just, this is a weird one. It's a, when you really start to think about yeah. it, this one, this one kind of falls apart a little bit and becomes a little weird. So, yeah, yeah. it's like a, he's trading one prison. If that's what the movie's trying to say he's in is prison. He's trading one for another, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just one has grass. Uh, if you are a subscriber to Disney+, Plus, uh, especially if you have children, uh, I would say in the age range of 4 to 12, that range, uh, man, this is a great family movie night, I think. I think you'll have a good time. Um, yeah. You know, be ready for maybe some conversations or questions about animals and captivity and zoos and cages and all that kind of stuff, but that's fine. I think kids are ready to have those conversations. I think a lot of times we sell kids short with their ability to process that stuff, but... Uh, but I, I think it's a I think it's a worthwhile movie to check out, especially if you've got a family. So that would be my mm. recommendation. Uh, nice. All right. Before we head on to our best ever challenge, a huge thank you to the Sif Pop members. We love you and appreciate you. Membership starts at three bucks a month, and uh, you can support at Patreon.com/slash Pop. Lots of fun stuff there. We do a members only uh, pre show uh, most weeks that, that pops up there, five to 15 minutes, somewhere in that range, where we talk about a different topic. Uh, this week, we talked about some of the recent news lately coming out of uh, some of the DC stuff. Uh, I talked about my own personal, um, I, I got really vulnerable about how I don't feel like a true movie fan sometimes. <laughs> when new trailers come out. <laughs> uh, but you can hear that in the members-only uh, pre-show. And also, I think we'll put the video up of this podcast in uh, for the members sometime this week. Uh, so we're kind of running some tests, so you can kind of see the test run of what's going on as we look to go back to live video here very soon. So if you are interested in any of that or any of the other things uh, that are going on at the Pop membership, check it out at patreon.com slash sift pop s-i-f-t-p-o-p sift pop and we thank you so much to our existing members uh literally couldn't do this without you so thank you um all right let's move on to the best ever challenge we're going to take a look at best ever primate movies that do not include humans uh well no, i shouldn't say that do not include humans i should i should say non-human primate movies uh so yeah we yeah, already talked I, uh, I think there's a human in every single one of my my movies it's yep. just that they're not the the primary focus correct 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 uh so yeah so we talked chatted a little bit andrew about trying to make sure they were primary focus of the movie um and uh i th i think i did that too i just there's di there's there's different levels of primary focus. I think for me, I would more say that they are a significant focus in the movie yeah. uh, for a lot of the ones that I did. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a better way to put because I was like, I, as soon as I said I looked at my number one, I'm like, uh, yeah, I might have even stretched my own definition there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my number one's yeah, a little bit of a stretch too, so maybe we have the same one. Um, yeah. All right, let's kick it off at number five. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Should I start or should you start this week? I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, my number five is King Kong, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, Which one? Uh, the original is in it. My, I'll trump uh, you. All right. All right. Fine, then. What's <laughs> your number five? I'm going to go with Every Wish Way But Loose. Oh, I see. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've seen mm. I don't think I've seen that. That's Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah, it's, it's a Clint Eastwood gig, and it is 
different from every other Clint Eastwood movie you're going to see. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It's kind of it kind of has this uh, Dukes of Hazard vibe to it. It's about a, a bare knuckle boxer who just goes around, you know, just fighting people. But he has a pet orangutan with him, of course. And uh, he's on he's on the run from the law. Uh, it, it's it gets really ridiculous, but it's also a fun movie that just makes you intrigued in these characters. So yeah, it's fun. Would you? Uh, how how far up do I need to move it up my must see list? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of others that I should see yeah. first. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number four is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, same. Oh, nice. We got the same number four. Uh, yeah, this is uh. This was such a, I, and I put Rise at number four just because it, to me, signifies the most excitement I had. I love this whole trilogy, but Rise was one that surprised me so much that it holds a special place in my heart where it's just like, I was not expecting them to relaunch the Planet of the Apes franchise in such a, a meaningful and interesting way. And, uh, of course, a lot of the the credit for that, I think, goes to Andy Serkis. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the Caesar performance is absolutely stunning and astonishing. Um, and, uh, and a lot of it goes to Matt Reeves as well, who, uh, put a lot of work yeah. into those movies and, uh, and uh, speaking of, uh, DC news, uh, you know, Matt Reeves certainly in, in a lot of that news, but, uh, but, uh, yes, exactly. Uh, but I had a really good time, uh, with rise of the planet of the apes. And so it comes in at my number four. Yeah, uh, it's one of the very few movies I can think of where I literally like it took the the scene took the breath out of me and like I got goosebumps like I went <gasps> and that was whenever Caesar screamed no. Yes. Yeah, he's like, no. I'm like, oh, what kind of movie am I watching right now? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, that yeah. is like one of the best scenes of. Like that, it might be the best scene from that entire franchise, and there are a lot of amazing scenes from that franchise. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I definitely can't praise it enough. Good call. What you got at number uh, three? My number three uh, involves non-existent fantasy monkeys. Uh, that would be the Wizard of Oz in at number three for me. Uh, the winged monkeys uh, in Wizard of Oz. Stretching the idea of significant role, but I think they play a significant role in the Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah. I, I love the Wizard of Oz. I think it, it is a, a great movie. And I have always enjoyed it. But the time it took on a new level for me was when I realized how old that movie is. And, you know, when I start to realize, oh, that movie came out the same year as, you know, you know, Gone with the Wind or whatever. There's some other, you know, huge movie that came out that like in yeah. 30, I think 38 or something like that. And it's just like, oh, man, there's just something about that movie that transcends its its time frame. Like it, it feels like a fantasy movie that would have been made much later than that. And it's it's really interesting and courageous and uh i i love a lot about it so the music the colors the fun um it's, i dig it so it's one of my favorites nice what do you got at number i'm three? also gonna have an, a classic at my number three nice. spot i'm gonna go with mighty joe young the 1949 mm. film uh the Charlize theron movie is pretty good but uh i really really like the the old classic one it's it's right up there with like uh at the time i know it's definitely older than the original king kong but i i just found it was an interesting story of what if kong didn't you know wasn't like evil you know, I don't mm-hmm. think that Kong is evil. I should take that back. Kong isn't evil, but he's definitely the antagonist in the film. Um, whereas in Mighty Joe Young, it is definitely 
humanity just being the worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, That makes that movie so much more interesting. Uh, Yeah, I really like uh, the original Mighty Joe Young. If you haven't seen it and you've only seen the Charlize Theron one with, I think, Bill Paxton's in that one, too. uh, Definitely check it out. It's it's a good it's a good watch for sure. Yeah, no, I would agree. I like them both, um, and I had them in in my honorable mentions uh, for sure. Cool. Uh, number two was e- was going to be one of two movies, and I didn't want to put them both in my top five, um, but I went with the one where I feel like the primate is just a little bo- bit more featured than the other one. I went with Aladdin uh, for my number two. Uh, as opposed, we'll save to, it. It's my number one, but I'll. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll, we can talk about. We can talk about it now. That's fine. I, yeah, I was. Uh, I was kind of like, I don't want to put both Aladdin and Lion King on my list for whatever reason. It just they feel like they kind of form that same category for me, and I felt like you know, uh, uh, Abu is a little more prominent than Rafiki uh, is yeah. in the Lion King, so I decided to go with Aladdin. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's much more to say about Aladdin. It's just it's one of those movies that I could watch every day for the rest of my life and be happy. It's so much fun. Robin Williams is just perfect in it, and it's just great. I think the genie might be the greatest character ever put on screen. Wow, Whew. I think like honestly, think about it. Can you think of a character who is like more captivating and like just incredibly uh, intact, intoxicating, and magnanimous? You know, probably. Um, but it would, it would take, uh, it would take some research on my part to kind of remember some of those, those more incredible characters. I, I would want a little more time before declaring it number one, but you're not wrong that it would certainly be in the conversation for goat for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and we can talk about King Kong right now. Oh, that's my number two. Yeah. Um, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of old it, movies, that how did they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, the the stop motion claymation, whatever you want to call it, that they pulled off in that movie was out of this world. To to think of that movie came out in like twenty nine, didn't it? Like when did that movie come out? Um, I thought it was. Uh, I thought Kong it was right around out. there. It was thirty three. Uh, thirty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, yeah, it, you. To think of 1933, they were able to pull off that King Kong fighting the T-Rex scene is it's insane because that's also the scene you have uh, Anne, you know, hiding on the tree and then the T-Rex knocks over the tree. But it's really just all on a on a projector screen, you know, that Mm -hmm. she's, you know, just on a tree. But now we know how movie magic is done. But there's a reason why it's called movie magic because yeah. the fact that they pulled this off in '33 is insane. Uh, yeah, this movie is one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a good one. It's pretty incredible. And you know, I mentioned um, you know, Wizard of Oz also happened in the '30s, but that was '39. That was like six years later. Um, and again, the same same years. Gone with the Wind, and you think a lot of these classics, and it's it's pretty incredible the the fun they were having and the things that they were doing uh, at the at the dawn of movie making. You know, movies, uh, the idea of moving film was invented in the late nineteenth century. You know, just at the turn of that century, and the fact that by you know the the second third decade of that century that they were you know doing such interesting fun stuff. I just I I love it. I just I love art and i love people who find new ways of telling stories and creating art and 
um man that's just it's it's really interesting to me to look back so yeah good call Uh, all right well uh you know my number one is aladdin so your number one is lion king right no no uh i left lion king in my honorable mentions like i said i i didn't want to put both of them in the top five i'm not gonna lie i didn't put lion king on my list either because i didn't think rafiki was in the movie enough yeah that's yeah that's that's kind of where i landed as well but But i'm interested what's your number one yeah i mean this if rafiki's not in the movie enough then certainly this monkey is not in the movie enough to count but he really is a key part of the movie in so many ways. I went with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, and uh, see Kyle, the monkey uh, in Raiders. So, Bad dates. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, this this stretches the category a little bit. And maybe if I had it to do over again, I, I wouldn't have put it up here. But uh, for whatever reason, it, it worked for me. So I do love Raiders. I love the indie movies. Um, you know, strangely enough, Raiders isn't my favorite indie movie. Uh, my favorite no, it's was Last Crusade. Last Crusade, yeah. So or you know, it's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, obviously. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just a given. Really, you're, when you're talking about Indiana Jones movies, you're talking about your second favorite Indiana Jones movie, Two Crystal Pretty Skull. Much. Yeah, that's how yeah. you have to do it. Uh, let's take a look at honorable mentions. What do you yeah. got? Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, I do want to mention uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Me as well. Uh, I don't think that it is a very good movie. I think I people give it too much. Uh, too much issue for being as long as it is, but I think it's him showing off, really. Like, guess what I can do? Yeah, you know, with all this post Lord of the Rings money, I think it's astounding. I think it's I think it's a really good movie. Yeah, I from what I hear, and this could be wrong, but I hear he wanted to do King Kong first, but the studios didn't think he was uh seasoned enough to you know handle such a movie so oh, he said fine i'll do lord of the rings hmm. and uh, they're like yeah it's a book series nobody knows about sure and then he did lord of the rings and they're like oh okay yeah you can do king kong yeah sure <laughs> um i want to mention tarzan the disney one i think it's i think it's a good movie i know a lot of people don't like it but i think the soundtrack's good i think that the animation style with him being just a ridiculous surfer dude on on vines and mm-hmm. tree limbs and stuff is fun. No, I had it in mind too. Yeah, it's a good choice. Okay, outbreak. I had uh, that as well. Yep. Yep. It's it's a <laughs> uh, in, in a time that we're living in right now. I don't know if that's a movie that you should be recommending to you people. Know, but uh, um, it's not it's not as bad as Contagion for that because it just feels no, Contagion so, is like okay. Yeah, yeah, Outbreak feels a little sillier. Outbreak feels a little more ridiculous, um, so it's a little easier to watch right now. Contagion just feels like, you know, Sodenberg. It's um, too real. Yeah, he predicted the future, basically. Yeah. Uh, last one I'm going to mention is Gorillas in the Mist, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, no, that's a, a good choice. I didn't have that one, movie. but uh, good choice. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey probably needs mentioned, mm. um, with the monkeys dancing around. I like Kong Skull Island. Uh, so I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Um, Kung Fu Panda, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, Ace Ventura has a pretty prominent monkey in it, so I thought I'd throw that Spike. out there. And uh, The Jungle Book um, uh, as well. Oh, yeah, so. King Louie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which one? Uh, both. <laughs> or or two. There's uh, like four. Oh, all There's three. four different Jungle Books. Which, which is the fourth one? I like the circus one. I like the uh, Favreau one. And I like the original animated one. What's the fourth one? There's also uh, one that came out in the 90s. It has uh, Lena Headey, Carrie Elwes. Um, wow. It was a live that. action one where all of the animals were real. Wow. I don't it remember was, that one at all. So 
Not that one. Oh, it's it's actually it's the darkest out of all of them, even darker than the uh, the Andy circus, circus one? one. The circus one's pretty dark. Yeah, trust me, this one's darker. Okay, because uh, the, the that Jungle Book with Carrie Elwes and stuff, uh, it deals more with uh, the uh, they kind of hinted at this one in the circus one, but the uh, the violence of man or the pollution of man within you know the jungle and stuff like that. Uh, it's definitely less animal uh, based because this is Mowgli as a grown man. He's like in his late twenties now. Yeah. So it's not him as a kid. It's it's a pretty good movie. I would recommend it because it's it's kind of a different story than any Jungle Book story you'd ever hmm. seen before. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. If you've got your own best ever primate movies that uh, you think we missed, feel free to let us know. Feedback at SifPop.com or Twitter. I am at Aaron Dicer. My DMs are open. Take your feedback uh, any which way. Uh, Phil says, producer Phil says. But loose. <laughs> what? Any which way but loose. Any which way but loose. Yes. Uh, of yes. course not uh, but loose. Uh, so Phil, <laughs> Phil says Tarzan is amazing. Trashing the camp. Come on. I dare you not to smile during that scene. Uh, yeah. Producer Phil, as always, is correct. Um, all right. Let's move on to buried treasure, shall we? Uh, let's do it. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that uh, you want to make sure people know about? Andrew, what do you got? I'm going to go with an old classic foreign film i shouldn't say classic uh it came out in like the early 2000s i think it came out in 2003 uh 2002 sorry uh jet lee's hero yeah this is one of the most i, I know they're both chinese uh, movies made in china and i don't know why but between this and crouching tiger hidden dragon these are the two most beautiful movies i've ever seen in my life i think Hero might be the most, the way that uh, uh, the director uh, Zhang Yimao Zhang uh, does colors in this movie and how colors are integral to the way he tells the story, how some are based on truth, uh, reality, or, uh, you know, perception, you know, like that, like mm -hmm. reds and whites and blues. Uh, the fight choreography, I know some people aren't a fan of wire work, but I think that the fight choreography that Jet Li and Donnie Yen and Ziyi Zhang and Maggie Chun do in this is, it's just so beautiful. This is such a beautiful movie. And kind of like how uh, we were just saying with uh, the one and only Ivan is based on a true story, but it's, you know, told to an extreme. Mm hmm. So is Hero. It's based on a true story of the founding of the Qing Dynasty, told in extreme wire work and told from like many different perspectives. So like uh, I think the moral of this movie is history is uh, told by the winners, you know, sort of thing. Right. And how this is like trying to give uh, different outlooks or different uh, viewpoints of how things turned out. It, it's like I said, it's hands down for me the most beautiful movie ever made. It is a gorgeous film uh, and certainly one worth checking out if you haven't seen it. So good call, man. Hero. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, my, buried, my Buried Treasure is a card game. When's the last time Buried Treasure was a card game? Must be a pandemic going on. Um, <laughs> I uh, fell in love with a card game a long time ago when I was growing up uh, on a train trip to the Northwest with my family. 
uh, we took a train out to the state of Washington, stopped a few places along the way. It was a great family vacation kind of thing, and uh, and it was a fun time. But I uh, was uh, met some another family on that trip that taught me how to play the game Cribbage. And mm. I fell in love very quickly with the game Cribbage and uh, played it quite a bit. I've played it with friends, played it with um, uh, you know, my wife, uh, those kind of things. And it was one of those things where I just I had just kind of left it in the background and not played it in a long time. And uh, one of the things about Cribbage is you score by pegging on a board. Like there's a board that you have pegs on and you kind of do your score uh, that way. And uh, I just, I didn't have a, a nice cribbage board. And so I bought a cribbage board and I've been, you know, teaching my kids how to play it and playing it again recently, uh, during this time. And man, it is so much fun. Um, it is, it is a game that rewards, uh, strategy it is a game that rewards complex thinking. Like, uh, it's about combinations. You have to make your hand do a lot of different things and you get different points for what, you know. You can make your the totals you can make your hand do. Uh, and then there's strategy while you're actually playing the cards too, where you get different points. And um, it's just intricate enough that you can feel like you have to really think about it, but at the same time, simple enough that you don't feel like you have to be like a chess genius to be great at it, you know? Um, and so it finds that really nice balance for me of a game that's challenging enough uh, if you want it to be but it uh, doesn't have to be super challenging to learn. So if you've never played Cribbage, I'd encourage you to seek it out. It's best, I think, is a two-player game, but there's a three-player and a four-player version that work just fine. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and I've been having a good time. So I thought I'd throw Cribbage out there and, and, uh, and you know, maybe somebody who loves playing card games, board games, whatever, might check it out. So Very nice, man. And you that can, is definitely a buried treasure. Yeah, it's you been can, a while since... You can certainly play it on your phone. There are probably apps and, you know, like people play cards and board games, you know, on their phones and laptops and all that too. But um, I don't know. Call me old, but there's something fun about the tactile, like moving the pegs and, you know, sitting with somebody and playing the cards. And I like it. It's kind of fun. So, yeah. yeah. Aaron, we did it. 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 Mm-hmm. We did a podcast. We crossed that highway. <laughs> yes. Well, life is a highway. Mm-hmm. You going to ride it all night long? Just curious. All night long. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Bob. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA uh, in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. You're very, very welcome. Uh, huge thanks to Phil for producing the show today, uh, both video and audio, uh, as we thanks, continue, Phil. continue to get back into that. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well, who give monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Um, support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, you get access to every bonus episode as well. Uh, you can check that out at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to hit me up at Twitter. My DMs are open at Aaron Dicer. If you have a question or something you want us to talk about on the show, uh, feedback at sifpop.com. You can also comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you use. That helps out the podcast quite a bit. Uh, and finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so uh, let them know about it and that listening is much easier than drawing a beetle with a red crayon. 
Uh, we will be back next week for the new mutants and more. We'll see you then. What was that? That was my King Kong. Oh, voice I, was like, I was like, did you belch? <laughs> no, nope, that was King Kong. <laughs> nice. Nice.